If it please the king, let it be written that all the Jews may be destroyed. The king knew not that his new queen, Esther, was a Jew. To destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. After Mordecai read the decree and perceived all that was done, he rent his clothes and dressed in sackcloth to mourn with all the Jews. She's a very quiet child, not one to cause trouble. Hello, Esther. Now, you're Mordecai, her mother's closest kin? Her father's nephew. Esther is my cousin. King's officers shall gather together all the fair young women in every province of the kingdom who are of perfect virtue and bring them unto the palace at Shushan. Each will be considered as to her worthiness to be presented to the king who will choose one to be his queen. Written 
Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me Jesus yours is the for every person, every family that's represented on the other side of the screen. Lord, you are the God who the wind and the sea obey. You are the one who subdues storms. So Lord, I thank you that no matter what confusing, difficult, or hard situation that they're facing today is, Lord, you have come to bring peace. And so Lord, I thank you that you are the Lord God Almighty, the Lord who is strong and mighty in battle. 
I thank you, God, that you are gonna meet them on the other end of this with resolutions and answers. God, I ask right now that you cover every household, every family, every person. And I thank you, Lord, for opening up the doors of blessing in this season. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Meet Bob. Bob's been coming to church for a while now. Amidst the busyness of work and life, he wants to grow closer to the Lord, but he feels like something's missing. He reads his Bible, well, sometimes. He's attending a home group and even listening to podcasts of old sermons. But try as he might, he just feels like something's missing. Then Bob heard a teaching on giving financially. He felt a little convicted, knowing that he and his family were not regularly tithing 10%. But he wondered, does God really command me to give the first 10% to the church? Does the church really even need the money? Oh, what's in it for me? Why should I give? Bob decided to dig a little deeper and look into it for himself. So he opened his Bible and really didn't know where to look. So he Googled Bible passages about money. He was very surprised to find a large number of verses about tithing and not just in the Old Testament. Jesus himself taught about tithing to the local church. Now Bob was really feeling convicted. He was beginning to see why the tithe was so important. It wasn't about the church needing money or trying to scam him in some way. It was a question of the heart. Bob repented of his disobedience and he started to return the first 10% of his income to God. He was pleasantly surprised to see breakthroughs in many areas of his life. His relationship with his children, his marriage, and even his finances began to improve. Bob thought back to one of the verses that he'd read about the time. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out my blessing upon you. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's service. I am very, very excited. We've been spending a lot of time in the presence of the Lord. I've been seeing God just speaking so much this week and moving in this ministry, and I believe that he's got a word for you and for I this morning uh, that's going to really rock you and also encourage you in the middle of all the crazy stuff going on because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And uh, we get it, but you get it too. And so here's the thing. God is never out of resources. He's never lacking. You know, a lot of times things don't happen until the very last minute just so that God can show that he is God, that he's still on the throne. And also to take away any credit that man might get for what God is going to do. So I know that many people are distressed as we look at all the different things going on with President Trump, what they did to his house, you know, raiding his private residence. There's so many different egregious things happening in our nation, around the world right now. And it, sometimes it just seems like we've lost. Have you, you ever just felt like that? Like, my gosh, what is going on? But this message this morning, I really believe it's prophetic. And so I'm going to actually read a prophetic word that I got at the end of the message, which I think is going to encourage you as well if you haven't read it yet. And even if you have, we're going to reiterate it because I think it needs to be reiterated and spoke out to the remnant community that tunes in. Uh, because, you know, what, we're family and we're going through this together. And I know that many of you are dealing with warfare. You're dealing with warfare with your family, some of you, with your spouse, with your kids, at your job. It's been going on now for some time for quite a few of you. And you're holding on. You're holding on to your faith. I get your letters. I get your emails. I know I don't always respond. And please forgive me. Uh, we're getting a lot of communications right now. But 
please know that I, I intend to, and I will. Uh, but I just want to say this, you know, I, we read everything. And uh, I know that many of you are dealing with a lot of different issues right now that are very difficult. And so I just want you to know as a pastor, this team, myself, I'm praying for you. Okay, we're praying for you and we're believing for breakthrough. And by the way, many of you write about breakthroughs that you're having in your situation. And, and a lot of the prayer requests that we've added to our prayer list and, you know, a lot of you will write me a couple of days later, sometimes a couple of weeks later, sometimes a couple of months later, and you'll say, we received a breakthrough. The Lord answered the prayer. So prayers work. God responds to the prayers of the righteous. We are on the winning team. If we haven't established anything uh, over these last few months in the teachings, we've been going through a lot of Bible stories. And, and what do they all show us is that God always wins and that we are on the winning team. So let's go ahead and pray. And then what I'm going to do is what I've been doing lately, where I'm going to read my notes. I'm going to put up a picture because I want to establish the story here. And then we're going to get into what the Lord is saying about this. Okay. Does that sound good? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this service. I thank you for the people of God, the rising remnant, uh, the, the remnant warriors, the Gideons 300 that are tuning in all over the world right now. And we collectively, we come together and we get in your presence and we seek your face and we say, Lord, give us a word from your word this morning. Give us an unction of your Holy Spirit. Father God, this is not about a name. It's not about a ministry. Lord God, we, we say all glory to you. Holy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Why don't we just do that right now? If you'll just, if you'll just pray and enter into the presence of God, because I really believe God's going to do something very powerful. Will you do that? Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Praise you. Let's just give him glory. Praise your name. Holy is your name, Lord God. Worthy is your name. Jesus, Jesus, thank you, God. Lord, just restore us this morning, Lord God. Fill up those that are depleted. Fill up those that are weary. Give them encouragement. Give them a rest. Give them a peace, Lord God. We thank you that your word is true. Lord God, we glorify your name. We magnify your name. We worship your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for this service. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Hallelujah. Let us be on fire for you, God. Let us be on fire for you. Let us press in. Let us go deeper, Lord God. No matter what we're going through right now, we draw our strength from you in Jesus' name. Thank you. I just really felt the anointing uh, during that prayer time this morning. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to read these notes. And the title of the message is, They Will Hang on Their Own Gallows. They Will Hang on Their Own Gallows. Look at your neighbor, whoever you're sitting next to, say they will hang on their own gallows. And if you're alone, say it to the Lord. They will hang on their own gallows. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's okay to be alone, by the way. You know, I was alone for many, many years. The Bible says the Apostle Paul encouraged himself in Jesus Christ. He was a single person, by the way, and he encouraged himself in Jesus Christ. So don't be discouraged. Listen, you're alone, you're married. Whatever the case may be, God is with you. He hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to read the notes here. Everything seemed to be going great for Haman right? He appeared and felt secure in his position of power, honor, and wealth. 
The day of death for the Jews was on schedule. Remember that video in the beginning of the broadcast? And, and to give himself a special reward, he had an extravagant 75-foot gallows built so that he could fully savor Mordecai's demise. Now, if you're taking notes this morning, you can actually go into your Bible, Esther 5.14. Esther 5.14. And the events turned on the providential hinge unexpectedly. Here's the word, suddenly. In a single day, it all went south. Now, let's just stop here because in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, what happened when the Holy Spirit came? It came suddenly, suddenly, like a mighty rushing wind, like a mighty rushing wind. God likes to do suddenlies. He's done suddenlies in my life. Has he done suddenlies in yours? He's done suddenlies in my life. Why? Because God responds to the prayers of the righteous, but he does it in his timing, not ours. For his glory, for his perfect will. Amen? So we can't grow weary. That's why he tells us don't grow weary. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to guide our path. He's going to direct our path. I'm going to continue. God accomplished his most important work through means no one expected. Come on. It started with a royal bout of insomnia. Unable to sleep, the king decided to review the book of memorable deeds and just happened to realize he'd forgotten Mordecai's memorable deed of saving his life. Kind of a big thing to forget. And that's in Esther 6, 1 through 4. Esther 6, 1 through 4. The man had never been rewarded. Now, this oversight needed rectifying immediately. And Haman just happened to come early to the palace and offered great counsel about how men in whom the king delights should be honored, which resulted in the grand uh, vizier publicly and lavishly honoring Mordecai in the city. A bad omen, as Haman's own wife pointed out in Esther 6.13. I'm going to continue on. Then that evening, the big bomb dropped. The queen turned out to be one of the Jews Haman had condemned to death. Can you imagine this? Immediately, Haman transformed from the king's most trusted official to the most treasonous enemy. And that's in Esther 7, 1 through 8. Esther 7, 1 through 8. And when it appeared things couldn't possibly get worse, the queen turned out to be Mordecai's adopted daughter. Can you imagine this? The story ends with a murderous Amalekite swinging on the gallows he had built for the faithful Jew and the Jews of the kingdom, suddenly awash in publicly recognized royal favor and empowered to fully defend themselves, turning their doomsday into a V-day, a victory day. And to add to the ending, Mordecai assumed the late and disgraced Haman's position to the king's grand vizier. The devil is going to hang, folks. This story of redemption, the, the kind of story we love so much, the kind of story that resonates with something deep, deep inside of us, is a type of shadow of the grand story of redemption, a story in which God chose what was a foolish in the, in the world's eyes, you know, to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And that's in 1 Corinthians 1. 27. 1 Corinthians 1, 
27 if you're taking notes. And when you take notes, I highly recommend you go back and read these verses. God ceded all the positions of worldly power, influence, and resources to the devil. 1 John 5, 19. Then when he came into the world to redeem his people, hardly anyone, even his own ethnic people, recognized him. In John 1, 10 through 11. John 1, 10 through 11. He came from a despised town no one expected. John 1, 46. Chose disciples no one expected and accomplished his most important work through means no one expected. God on the cross and God in the tomb. Never had God's position looked so weak, never the enemy so strong, and never had any enemy so terribly miscalculated. Now, I'm going to stop there for right now, and then we're going we're gonna to move on here. But this is a very important story, and from a prophetic significance, has a lot to do with what we're going through right now. Because there is a wicked group in this world that's trying to censor me by the way, and probably you, if you're speaking out in truth. Did you ever think that it would be so crazy that your pastor would be censored? Well, that's what's happening in the United States of America, where we have the Constitution, where we have the First Amendment, where we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to gather, freedom to assemble. And yet, in the last two years, all of these things have been challenged. Our ability to speak freely, our faith, and the ability to practice our faith freely, and our ability to even gather as believers in Jesus Christ. Think about that. If you would go back in time 10 years and you'd tell people, hey, there's going to be a time when pastors in America are arrested simply for having church service. They would say, you're crazy. That'll never happen here. And yet it happened to two my friends. Okay. Uh, you know, if you went back in time and said pastors are going to be fined for gathering and having services, people would say that'll never happen in America. And yet it happened. And I believe they're going to try to do this again. That was testing the waters. And the censorship that they're trying to put on people of God because they don't want the truth because they know it's the truth that sets the captive free. So if there's a pastor or a preacher or a person of God that's boldly speaking the truth of the word of God because the word of God does not return back void. If there's somebody out there that's preaching, because that's the thing, it's the sword of the Spirit. And when you use the sword of the Spirit, I'm telling you, even to the most demonized person that, that you don't think hears what you have to say, those people that attack you on online, social media, you know, you put up a scripture, you put up something of God, and they say, that's hate speech. You know, or they come after you, somebody in your family that can't stand you simply because of what you believe. That's because you're stirring their demons. That's because something is happening in the, in the supernatural realm that we might not be able to see in the natural, but that's taking place because there's a battle of light versus darkness. And that in the macro, if we were to zoom out in the entirety of what's happening in our world right now, that is what's taking place. It's an epic battle of light versus darkness. We are coming to an apex moment in time. There is no mushy middle. Okay, you can't, you can't sit in the middle. You have to take a side. And there's the side of righteousness and there's the side of Baal, okay, of worship of the devil. I'm just going to be really blunt this morning. You either worship the devil or you worship God. There, there's no one that doesn't worship one or the other on this planet. They might not want to tell you that. You say, well, they're not a Satan worshiper. They're not a, they're not a Luciferian. They're, well, really? Because if they're not in Christ, they are. 
because they're worshiping mammon. They're worshiping idols. They're worshiping false gods. They may not realize it. They may not recognize it, but there's only two places that you go, heaven or hell. There's no mushy middle. There's not like a place where, well, maybe, you know, you can hang out here in this. I know some teachings try to tell you that, but it's heaven or hell. That's it. It's light or darkness. It's God or the enemy. That's why the, the Bible is very clear. It says there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have life everlasting. Now, you look at me, and you look at preachers and people that are on fire for God, and some of you may not be as on fire. Some of you may be more on fire. Praise God. But to those that, you know, you look at guys like me or, you know, people like me, and you say, you know, well, is that real? I'm not sure. You know, he died and got stabbed. That's why he feels that way. Well, God allowed that to happen so that I can tell the world that God is real. It's part of my testimony. You have a testimony. In fact, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony, the words of our testimony. The testimony is extremely important. You have a story. So when you think about the things that you've had to walk through in your life, and yet you overcame by the power of God, whether you realize it or not, and you're still here, maybe at one point you wanted to commit suicide. Maybe you went through a really difficult divorce, or you had a couple of abortions, or you, know, you, did, you were a drug addict or an alcoholic. Listen, Christ died for you. I'm so tired of the self-righteous super saints that act like they're so perfect. Those are religious people. Those are Pharisees in the modern day. None of us are perfect. We're all sinners in need of a savior. That's what Christianity is. It's, it's that God loved us so much. He sent his only begotten son to be the eternal sacrificial lamb because we are all sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He who was without sin cast the first stone. There is therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. We got to stop beating ourselves up. You know, some of us have not been able to overcome the past, even though it's already in the sea of forgetfulness. If you repented, and if you haven't, do it today. Do it right now. Say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I repent of my unrighteousness. But when you see somebody like me that's on fire, and you will say, well, I'm not quite there. Fight to get there. I'm not always like this. I have to fight for this. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. So I guard the anointing in my life. And how do I do that? When there's sin, I have to get it out. I have to repent. Conviction of the Holy Spirit comes upon me. Even in this season, I continue to press ahead and, and say, Lord, consecrate me. Sanctify me. Show me areas that I'm wrong. I don't want to engage in sin. I hate sin. We should all hate sin. But we love the sinner. We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. That's how God is. But God gives us everything that we need to be redeemed, to be set free, to be delivered, hallelujah, to be on fire, to be anointed, to overcome. See, nothing is ever too difficult for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Don't tell me that God can't do it. God can do anything. He saved a wretch like me. So we look at our situation in our world right now. We say, my goodness, it's difficult. So many demonic things. So many things, it's so beyond the pale. We just, we just can't even imagine how decrepit it's gotten, how demonic, how, how overt they are. They're so in our face with it now. They parade around. Wait till you hear this word if you haven't heard it yet. I think it's going to encourage you. Hallelujah. I'm going to continue on reading this story here. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for breakthrough. Somebody's getting that fire this morning. You've been a little bit lukewarm, and God's just lighting a fire under you right now. Hallelujah.
Listen, we don't have time to mess around, friends. Why would we want to? This is reality. God is real. This is real. I'm not trying to sell you a bill of goods. I know they try to say, oh, the preacher asked for money. Well, yeah, we need money to, to, to have the broadcast. I mean, this, is a, this isn't just something you to put together super easy. This is a whole broadcast, and that's just one thing that we do here at the ministry. I mean, we're helping people. We're, we're, we're doing all, the, all this work in the community for the nation, for the elections. I mean, we're doing a lot of stuff, and I can't even say everything publicly that we do as a ministry. So pray for us. And that's why they say bring the ties to the storehouse. We're not, this isn't about us trying to sell you something. I could go out and get a different job that have a lot less stress and not have the media attacking me and the deep state attacking me and people threatening my life and all these all the all the drama and warfare that comes along. You think that that's glamorous? That's not glamorous. To live is Christ, to die is gain. We do this because we wholeheartedly believe with all of our heart that this is real. And this preacher wants to see you and all the people that you love, your loved ones, your friends. I want to see you taken out of, of darkness if you're in darkness. If you haven't quite given your heart to Jesus yet, I want to see you, you know, on the way to complete success and complete victory in Jesus, to rule and reign eternally with him. We care about your soul. That's the whole reason we do this. There's a need. We have the answer. If you had the answer, which you do, if you had the answer to every problem, if you had the answer to every, every issue, if, if you could tell somebody, listen, you want to be empowered, you want to have the answer, you want, to, you want to have every problem in your life fixed, I have that answer. You have that answer. If you know Jesus, if you're filled with the Spirit, if you know the Word of God, that's the answer, my friends. Basic instructions before leaving earth. I love that acronym. So our vantage point is always limited depending on when and where we're living. I can only see to the wall, but God sees all the way. It can appear as if satanic evil is going to defeat God's good. This is not the first time it's looked like this. But don't lose heart. Don't forget the storyline. There's a bigger story playing out than just the one we're watching. Hallelujah. Yes, pray and fast and act with the called for courage, even if perishing is a very real possibility in Esther 4.16. Esther 4.16, a time is coming when events are going to turn on a providential hinge, and God will send deliverance for his people, most likely from a wholly expected place, unexpected place, excuse me. And just as Jess Ray so poignantly sings, the devil is going to hang on his own gallows. One more round. The end is not yet. Hold on. Keep the faith. A suddenly is coming. They will hang on their own gallows. The story of Haman is so pertinent because it looked like the Jews were going to die. It looked like they were defeated. It's always darkest before the morning. Hallelujah. Listen, sometimes God's got to take us through the muck and mire. It's not him doing it, but he's allowing it. Okay, he's allowing it, but he's going to stop right before that last second, that last minute, and pull us out of it just so we can see the power of God, just so that we can see that he's willing and he is able. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, over the situation with your child that you've been warring for. I don't know why I just felt led to say that right now. Somebody's warring for their child. Your child is a prodigal. They're not yet in yet. They're not yet coming back yet, but start speaking out. They're going to be a prodigal. They're, listen, those people, 
Those children that are going through the muck and the mire right now, those, those children in rebellion, I'm telling you, they become the biggest, best preachers. How do I know that? That's me. <laughs> Woo, that's me. He saved a wretch like me. I'm telling you guys, if you could have seen me 25 years ago, you would be like, who is that dude? Who is that person? My whole countenance has changed. My whole life has changed. Everything about my life. God is a great restorer. He will deliver your child. He will deliver your husband. Come on, somebody. He will deliver your spouse. Your battle is not with them. It's with the demonic entity that's literally guiding them. It's, it's, it's you're arguing a demon. And that's why we take authority. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but strongholds and principalities. So listen, if this is this big battle that we're in, this is reality, right? Why is it that we can study? Many of us, you know, know the sports teams and all the players and you know, what time the game's going to be on. A lot of you know, you know, the cooking channel or, you know, you're really into different bloggers and, you know, there's so many different things that people are into, games, music, whatever it is. What happens when you, when you have a hobby or there's something that you're passionate about? You study it, right? You know the whole context behind the, you know, you know the story, you know the person, you know where they came from, where they're going, what they talk about, even what clothes they wear. I mean, that's why being an influencer is such a big deal in today's world. You got these makeup influencers, you know, all these product influencers, and people literally buy the product because their favorite influencer says it's good. How do I know this? I got my own family members that are involved in this. Okay? This is the world that we're in. There's a lot of influences, but is it holy? We got to ask, is it holy? Test the spirits. Is it an idol in our life? Okay, we got we to think about these things as a believer. And if we're willing to study and, and know these things, why is it then we don't understand about strongholds? There's so many teachings online that you can learn about strongholds. There's so many things that you can learn about pulling down the, the strongholds and understanding the ways of the Lord and understanding the battle that we're in, the spiritual battle, and becoming an expert in spiritual warfare, becoming an expert in getting people delivered and getting people set free. And saving souls. What if you became a soul expert? Oh, my goodness. That's the devil's worst nightmare. What if we became a faith expert? We, we, we started teaching people how to have stronger faith, how to press in, how to go deeper in their, in their walk with Jesus. I mean, there has never been in my entire life have I ever known anybody that loves the word and fails in life. I've never known anybody that's a lover of the Bible and fails in life. It's, it's literally an oxymoron. I've never, never known anybody that seeks to go deeper with Jesus and fails. I've never, never known anybody that's done that in all the years I've been alive. Have you? Somebody that's truly seeking God, that's truly going deeper, and that becomes a failure? No. And even if you do have a momentary fail, you fail forward. It's usually to teach you a lesson. It's usually to build your character. It's your lion and your bear. It's setting you up for a comeback. See, in Christ, even if it appears to be a failure, it's, a setting you, it's, it's already setting you up for that next thing that God has in store. If the door closed, walk down to the next door. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. We're not losers. We're winners. That's who we are. See, the Jews were God's chosen people. They were the people that had the favor and the blessing of God on them. You know who has the favor and the blessing of God on, on you? You. You, you have the favor and the blessing of God, just like the people of Israel. 
Even when they were in captivity, when they were in Egypt, they still had the blessing. They still had the favor. Remember when the angel of death came and they put the blood on the doors and Passover and they lived, their, their, their child lived. Okay? That was the favor of God. So even in a moment of captivity, there's still the favor, the blessing, because you're called by name. God made you fearfully and wonderfully. You are his. Your soul is his because you've given it to him. You've given your heart. That's why he gives us free will. And when God gives us free will, and then we make a decision as a believer in Jesus to say, even though I have free will, I'm going to turn my heart to you. I'm going to follow you, Lord God. I'm going to hunger and thirst for righteousness. The favor of God, the blessing of God did never left the people of Israel, even in captivity. Somebody needs to hear this. Even in the trial, did they have mountaintop and valley experiences? Yes, of course they did, because that's what the journey looks like. But every single time, whether it was with the Red Sea or when they were in captivity in Egypt or when they entered the promised land, it doesn't matter when it was. The favor, the blessing, the hand of God was on their life and God has never let them down. And guess what? He's never going to let you and I down. Hallelujah. It may seem really dark right now, but you better be ready because a breakthrough is coming. And when it comes, it's going to be a suddenly. And those gallows that they're putting for the Christians and those gallows that they're putting for the patriots. I'm telling you right now, they will hang on their own gallows. Woo! You better jump up and down right now. I'm telling you guys. I want to read this word to you before we go today. It's an important word that God gave me the other day in prayer. I was actually in the car, and I did a live. And then after the live, the, the downloads just started coming from the Spirit. I, I felt the presence of the Lord. And the Lord said, I got a word. You better write this down. I haven't gotten a word like this in a while, friends. I'm encouraged by this word. I'm going to read this word. I'm going to put up another picture so you don't got to stare at me reading, it, reading this here. But I'm going to read this. And it goes in line with the, the word this morning. Okay, it says, as far as they go, it will be done to them. As far as they go, it will be done to them. This is my heart I'm sharing with you right now. This is from the Lord. I really believe it. Hallelujah. In recent months, the Lord has spoke specifically about several key happenings. The word of God We've been reading from the Word of God these, these happenings with prophetic significance in relation to this critical hour. First, he showed me we're at Mount Carmel. Remember that? We're at Mount Carmel. That's 1 Kings 18, uh, 20 40. And that the prophets of God are calling out the prophets of Baal. That we're at a pivotal apex moment in time and that we must take our positions and stand boldly for truth and righteousness. And, and, and as a scriptural reference there, you can go to 2 Chronicles 20. Then he reminded me of the Red Sea and how he parted the waters at the 11th hour. Many of those who had just been set free had wanted to turn back into captivity because they lacked the faith and fortitude to believe that God was willing and able to deliver them once again. And yet he did just that. And then he took me to the book of Numbers. He spoke to me about how the 12 spies went into the promised land in order to give a report and an account of what they saw. And only two of the 12 believed that the same God who had just delivered them from captivity in Egypt, who had just took them through the Red Sea, which simultaneously devoured their enemies, and who had now set them up to take the promised land of milk and honey, was able to give them the victory over the giants in the land. He showed me how we must be like the two and not like the ten. We talked about that last week. He's given us a promise of yes and amen, hope in the future, which is still applicable even right now. Hallelujah. So it all comes down to this, okay? It all comes down to this. Today, God spoke a profound 
a significant word to me. This was yesterday, uh, actually a couple days ago, that I believe is the culmination of each and, uh, and every above reference in this prophetic message. The theme being God is willing and able. The question is, will we believe? Will we step out in faith and walk into the season and territory God has ordained for us as a body of Christ in this hour? As we see the deep state shadow government elites gloating and reveling in what is perceived by them to be a victorious season, still celebrating the moment they raided and pillaged the real president's home. And, and they continue to disseminate their lies and propaganda to push and promote their dark agenda. We must understand what is about to happen. These wicked and evil men and women openly and brazenly mock Yeshua. They mock God's prophets and they laugh at the words of truth. They call what's good evil and what's evil good. They seek to deceive. They celebrate the murder of the innocent and push every abomination imaginable in our society. They have no shame or morality. And now they openly share their wicked and demonic agenda as if there's nothing God's people can do to stop them. They have touched God's anointed and have touched the church, his precious bride. They have bowed before false gods and made idols of flesh. They think they can be like God. They say to one another, look at all we can do. Surely we are like God. They are guilty of the unforgivable sin, which is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But God, what are those who have intentionally and knowingly walked a path of wickedness? Their sin has bubbled up all the way to heaven, and their stench has reached the nostrils of the Most High God. If they think they will get away with these things, they have no understanding of the way God works. He is just and holy in all of his ways. His mercy has given them until this time to repent and to turn from their wicked ways. I believe his time of patience is coming to an end. He's about to move. The lion has been released. God has heard the prayers of the righteous. He is a God of justice. He will not be mocked. There shall be no other gods before the God of Israel. What's next? They will do all they can to indict the rightful president and attempt to parade their power and complete their mockery. Their time is short. They have already raided President Trump's home and persecuted his family more than anyone else in recent history. But make no mistake, what they do to him, they do to the people. They do to us. They mock the millions who voted for him and have attempted the greatest theft of this era. Their crimes have reached the courts of heaven, and a guilty verdict is coming down soon. Listen, O wicked and unruly people. Anything you do against the people of God or his anointed will boomerang back on you. If you indict, you will be indicted. Whatever you attempt to do against God's people or his anointed will be done to you. If you arrest, you will be arrested. You are cursed by your evil doings. No matter what you try to do, it will not prevail. Unless you repent, you will see the judgment and hand of the one and only true God. His hand will move swiftly. It will be a suddenly. They will say, surely the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the one and only true God. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Justice is coming. Hold on, my friends. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope and a future. What's been done in darkness will be brought to the light. What was meant for evil will be turned around for good. God is a just God. He shall not be mocked. He will not be mocked. I've never seen God let me down. Never, ever, ever. He has never let me down. He will not let you down. He will not let us down. Stand on his promises. Trust in him with all your heart. 
Give him praise for what he's about to do. We're going to see a great victory. You're going to see a great victory in your life. I'm not trying to give you fluff or tickle your ears. That's not what this is about. I'm standing on the word, standing on the word of God. What he says, we are on the winning team. He loves you so much. I'm telling you, he loves you more than we can ever understand. His agape is more than we can ever understand. His infinite love is more than we can ever understand. He's real. He's willing to do miracles in your life. He's willing to set the captive free. He's willing to deliver you if you're in bondage right now. We're going to speak and pray right now in Jesus' name that the shackles would fall off. The bondage would fall off. Sin, hallelujah, Jesus, would be rebuked in our life. The truth is going to set us free. You are setting us free. Lord God, you are delivering people right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for true deliverance, for true healing, for true restoration. God is restoring what they meant to steal from you. God is going to give back in abundance. He's going to give back with a double portion. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Touch not the anointed. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just pray with me right now, if you will. Father, I just thank you for this day. I just sense your presence so strongly this morning. I know that you're moving on so many hearts right now, including my own. We give all glory and praise to you. We thank you for this word. Let it seal it in our hearts this morning, Lord God. Seal it. Let, let people that need to hear this hear it. There's hope in you, Lord God. Justice is coming. They will hang on their own gallows. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Hey, listen, before we go, I just want to give an opportunity. If somebody were to die or to get killed, if Jesus were to come, I want to make sure that you're on your way to heaven. This is the real situation in this world, friends. There's a battle for your soul. And there's an offer for eternity that you can rule and reign with Jesus Christ. This is the way. This is the, the way that you got to go. It's the only way. The other way is death. This is the path to life. Life everlasting. If that's you, maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. I believe today's that day. It can't, it's not me. Listen, on my best day of preaching, I can't make you do something. If you feel something right now, that's the hand of the living God. That's the spirit of the living God. Will you pray this with me? Will you give your heart to the Lord today? I want you to repeat this prayer. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. I thank you that you are my God. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart you are Lord. Thank you for saving my life in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, if you did that this morning, you prayed that prayer for the first time or you rededicated your life, I want to hear from you. Please email me todd.coconato at rlcus.org. Let us know you gave your heart to Jesus. todd.coconato at rlcus.org. And we want to send you a Bible. We want to pray with you. Anything that you need, we want, to, we want to be available to you, okay? We love you. We bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for helping us. Please, if you, if you, if you can, pray about being a monthly subscriber, monthly su supporter of this ministry, a partner. We need partners, friends. I'm telling you, it's been a little bit tight lately. Uh, I know a lot of people are worried about the economy, but we know God is going to provide, and we're not going to give up. But if you're able... Pray about it, toddcoconado.com slash give. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Bye-bye. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You of lightning rolls of thunder blessing on a strength and glory and power be to you the only wise king yeah. holy 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 is the Lord God almighty who was and is and
wish it 